Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited. I feel like a fangirl. Um, in case you haven't noticed, we have here with us uh, the dynamic duo. We have Mighty Heidi and Mark the Shark. That's what uh, the 13th jurors know them as. Um, the rest of the world um, calls them by their full names, but uh, to us, they will always be Mighty Heidi and Mark the Shark. I I'm so excited to have y'all on. Thank you so much for taking time out with us and uh, hanging out with us and answering all of our questions. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. Um, and we have, we do have questions. There are a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I know that um, JT's been um, getting some together from um, Discord and I had a couple that were emailed to me and then we're going to let people ask as we go too because um, things will pop up and of course we're going to want to know all the details so um, and I'm excited getting all the drama um, so let's jump right into the questions JT what you got I'm excited to hear well actually um, it, the first one really is 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 coming from myself and I'm just I'm interested in how if anything has changed since this since the trial that we saw you all on and what you have been up to since since then since we chatted with you um i mean we have just been sort of uh settling in and just still taking in the fact that you know the verdict came back not guilty i mean there yeah. was a major rush and then just yeah. you know just letting it all sink in and and spending time with travis and 
enjoying the fact that he has an enormous sense of relief. His family, of course, isn't extremely grateful to the jurors and uh, has faith in the system again that it worked. So it's just been a, a, a period of just, um, you know, relishing in the moment and, and, and settling back down into things and now uh, getting ready to start with the next battle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. This was such an emotional trial for so, so many reasons. And, um, and I know that we all, like, I mean, I think I had at least three mental breakdowns right here on live stream as we were watching uh, three, give or take, you know, maybe more. Um, but it was, it was <laughs> I'm so sure there emotional. Were more. There, I think there were more <laughs> and it's on the internet now forever, but, uh, but that's okay. But um, I, you know, for it to be so emotional for us, just watching the process happen, I cannot even imagine the emotional toll it would take on y'all putting in so much work on this. Cause y'all started working on this trial when? About two years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. It, so. It's, yeah, it's, it's been a long process, and, and it was an enormous amount of work. Yeah. it's. I mean, especially since uh, it sounds like the other, well, let's. I'll be careful about this. There wasn't uh, participation as much as there should have been from both sides, it seems to me. And you don't have to answer that or respond to yeah. it. <laughs> That's my view. Well, I think as a general rule, having both been former prosecutors, I can tell you that at least from my opinion, Mark will maybe differ on this. I think sitting on that side of the table is substantially easier than sitting in our seat. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it's 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 a whole different ball game. Yeah. The preparation is different. The the questioning is different. Uh, although they have the burden of proof, but there really is, I think, a lot more pressure on the defense. Yeah. Yeah. No question. They have the whole police force uh, there at their disposal. Uh, generally, the jurors trust prosecutors uh, off the bat. Uh, judges generally are in favor of the prosecutors. The publics are generally in favor of prosecution. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're really behind the eight ball uh, on, on every case. So the most important thing for us is preparation, preparation, preparation. And I can say it a hundred more times. And, and we need to have trust with jurors, no matter what case we're trying. Uh, they need to trust us. And we, we come in there behind the eight ball. They're not, they're looking at us like, oh, defense lawyers, what are you guys up to? Right. And the trials are over, whether we win or lose or there's a draw, uh, the jurors will trust us. Uh, and we, we've, we've learned how to do that by being straight up and truthful and yeah. doing, doing our best. Uh, but it was a lot of, lot of preparation. Uh, preparation is the key uh, to success uh, in, in any kind of uh, trial. That, that's true. I mean, what Mark's point is, is very well taken. Um, I mean, we, we fight with, with the judges. We fight with, with the opposing counsel. Oh, there's this presumption, although it shouldn't be, that somehow you know, our client is guilty. He's not presumed innocent. So we're always cloaked with, ah, they're representing the bad guy. What did he do? I mean, we come in with so, so many cards stacked against us and have to come over each one of those things. But yeah. you know, as long as we know in our heart of hearts that we have done everything possible we are both extraordinarily well prepared. We work well together. We don't second guess each other. We know we've got each other's backs. We know the way we, we, we think. He says he's going to do something. I don't question it. I know it's done. He says, I'm, you know, I say I'm doing something. It's done. So we, we really come into every trial, not just this one, because it was Travis Rudolph, the ex-NFL player. We come into every single trial prepared that way, really, really prepared. And, and I'm not just patting ourselves on our back, but I, I don't think that there is another team 
that really prepares the way we do. And Heidi's right, because uh, being a prosecutor, I was one for almost 12 and a half years and did homicides for 10 years. Much, much easier. Uh, what happened next? Who, what, where, why, and when? That's it. No, no cross-examination yeah. unless the defense puts witnesses on. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You yeah. know what the evidence is going to be. You see it. You have the cops report, so you know how they're going to respond. Um, but uh, being on the defense side is 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 a whole different ballgame. But here's an important important point, and this is throughout the United States. Prosecutors should not go to trial on any case unless they have a reasonable likelihood of conviction. That's the standard uh, that the ABA and, and many bars uh, throughout the United States agree with. Uh, so really, the the burden is you have to ask yourself the question as a prosecutor. Well, number one, you have to believe in your case. Number two, is there a reasonable likelihood I can get a conviction? And so many times when you watch trials, you'll see that there was no reasonable likelihood of conviction. Like, what are they doing? Why did they go forward? And many times there is a conviction. Yeah. Uh, but that's the burden. So you always have to ask yourself, did they go forward in good faith? And, and yeah. that's objective standard, but we also know that it is subjective to some extent. I'll look at a case as a prosecutor and say, well, I do believe that there is a reasonable likelihood of conviction. Another prosecutor might look at it and say no. But at some point, it becomes so abundantly clear that it can't be, that there is no reasonable likelihood of conviction. And in those instances, they really should do the right thing and, and dismiss the charges. And um, unfortunately, I, we just don't see that that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you mentioned, too, that um, most people will go into it, you know, trusting prosecution and trusting, you know, if look, if they've got enough evidence to bring it to trial, then more than likely, you know, this is going to be, you know, uh, it's for a reason. I was um, blown away by how many people in our chat were saying this is like out of all the trials that they've watched. This is the first time that they've been so like pro defense on you know, something and, and just, you know, a hundred percent convicted that or convinced that he needs to, you know, be acquitted. And there were so many people who, who actually said the same thing you just said, like they go into it, you know, automatically kind of on the prosecution side. And I think that goes to the point there that, that, that I think everybody saw loud and clearly that there was no reasonable likelihood of conviction in this yeah. case. The, the, the civilian witnesses were a joke. I have never seen anything like it in my entire career. 30 years of practice. It was it was comical. It was a circus. Yeah. I, it was it was um indignified. It was it was despicable. Yeah. Um, I mean for witnesses to be that out of control making objections um, yes. on their own behalf and yes. then telling the judge I'm not answering her questions anymore or his questions anymore. Yeah. I mean it was a three-ring circus. It yeah. was I had never seen anything like it. I I don't want to interrupt the flow, but we did. We received a super chat that also has a comment on here that I just wanted to bring up. I, it's from Gretchen Bierenbaum, and she said that Heidi, you're the queen. You look beautiful, and she saved my brother's life from Russell's sister. I I, re so. I remember her very very well, and I remember her brother. Um, yes, and they they were good people. He got himself into a little jam, but. Um, yes, it was, um, I think, a good resolution, and I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. And and to take us back to what we were just talking about, I think I'm, I'm so happy that, that I mean, any time that we choose a trial, it's a, it's a happy accident in terms of, like, you know, whether people like it or not, we never know. But I think that this was an awesome one to pick because 
you all did did justice to your profession and i think you brought a lot of people to the understanding that when somebody does their job you know i mean like they you need to trust everybody and you also need to look at both sides um and i think that this trial did that and i think you all just really proved to the point of what you were mentioning a little bit earlier yeah it like just it, it was like a master class on like cross examinations and you know heidi your opening statement was just like you know because it wasn't until your opening statement that i you know thought because the first thing i heard was you know how many rounds and i was like oh well that you know that couldn't be self-defense you know easy, you, right. being, you know like no and then it even just from the very beginning from your opening statements i was like okay now wait a minute there's more to this than just you know what we've been told already and then the way that y'all laid everything out let me tell y'all right now, y'all have more patience than I do, because I think that if Dramanique had told me next question, we're moving on. I'm done speaking on that. I don't think that I could have. <laughs> I would have needed to defend myself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I felt that way a few times, but um, in, in all candor, uh, there is some strategy behind that too. I love runaway witnesses. I love cops yeah. who fight with me. I love Vic, uh, civilians who fight with me because I can contain myself and they don't. And then I just look to the jury and it's sort of like, look, you know, yeah. and they lose all credibility. Let, let them go. The jury's yeah. seeing them for who they really are. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that really works to our benefit. It's hard to bite my tongue, but you know, you, you have to. I still have to be mindful that we're in a courtroom, there's decorum. And while sometimes I do, you know, let myself get out of control a little bit, I, I have to remain mindful that this is a courtroom still, it's dignified, and there's rules that I, as an attorney, have to comply with. Yeah. And then yeah. we get home, it all changes because then she lets loose. I never win an argument ever. Everything's overruled. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you, you did a great job holding your composure because I like I even had to, you know, mute my microphone during the stream because I could not even I can't fix my face. So even if I was able to bite my tongue, I can't fix my face. Like when somebody says something, you are going to know how I feel about it on my reaction. Right. And you were able to let that train wreck crash and let the jury see them and just hold it together. And I, I, I was in awe of it because I, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have. We, we were, we were trained that way. Yeah. And, and we love when prosecutors uh, and, and runaway witnesses do what they do. But prosecutors also make Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
roll their eyes, they make faces. The jury sees that. It's so unprofessional. Yeah. Uh, so we're above that. Of course, internally, we want to like, bam, we just want to yeah. wake up, stop, <laughs> stop fucking this, this crazy stuff. Tell the yeah. truth. Yeah. But we can't do that. So we, ha we, we have a way of doing it uh, by, by showing the jury that this person really is not believable or credible. And I don't know if you, uh, Brandy and JT, caught this, but I think it was during uh, Keyshawn uh, Jones's testimony. Uh, if every time that there was a mention of a gun, other than the one that Tyler had, he would he could not answer my questions and look me in the eye. He put his head down, his eyes went down, and I noticed it over and over and over. And I, there were times that the jurors weren't looking at him, so I knew they weren't getting it. And at one point I said, why do you look down every time that I talk about you having a gun? And I got reprimanded a little bit from the judge because it wasn't a question, it was a comment. But yeah. I just felt like I, I had, to, had to comment on that to bring the jurors around so that they would be more attentive and start watching him that. Because it's those sort of things that, those subtle things that are huge. If yeah. you have nothing to hide, you look that person right in the eye and you answer them. You don't put your eyes down. So right. um, yeah, that was one instance where I, I felt I, ha I just had to say something. Yeah. And we did the same to them. And you probably couldn't tell by watching this, like a lot of my cross of uh, Tyler and, and his friend, uh, uh, Chris, Chris Lowe, when I asked questions, a lot of times I wasn't looking at the witness. I was being rude to them and looking at the jurors while asking the questions. Uh, and, and waiting for the responses because I didn't want to dignify that they were even being honest or telling the truth. And the jurors actually did not watch a lot of the witnesses. They actually turned their their heads really, away, which you don't see very often. They really, they kind of like dismissed a lot of the uh, things that these people said. We did catch that very, very early on uh, that yeah. they, they were not, their heads were not turned and they weren't attentive to the, to the witnesses' responses. I, I think at some point they just had enough and they were just staring for, you know, straightforward. They had already dismissed any word that was coming out of their mouth. Yeah. Uh, in regards to like cross, we, we had a question from a couple of our jurors. Um, do you all determine ahead of time who's going to do cross or do you kind of let, do you let the direct dictate ultimately who does it or do you just have a flow and know? No, um, we, all of that is very carefully planned. There's an enormous amount of strategy that goes into that. And um, unfortunately, it, it's not something where we could just say, hey, you got this one or you got that one, get up and cross. We, we spend literally, I don't know if it's hundreds, but many, many, many <laughs> hours preparing our cross. Um, of course, as many things okay. we can't anticipate, but we have prior sworn statements that these uh, witnesses have made. Many of them are hundreds of pages um, long, police reports, audio recorded statements, deposition statements. So each of those are gone through very, very carefully um, and we brief them and know exactly where we think that the inconsistencies are going to be um, in anticipation of their trial testimony. And we have to be ready to go to impeach them with those prior statements. So that's something that has to be very well prepared in advance. So we know exactly, we, we designate who's gonna do who, and we have that all very well and carefully prepared in advance. Okay. Cool. It's like planning a wedding, a seating chart, <laughs> who's gonna question who, who's gonna do the speech. It, it really is, and who's, yeah. what witnesses are we calling? Uh, we, we plan this all out in advance. And yeah. a lot of it has to do with personalities and who we think, um, you know, is better suited for that particular witness. Um, you know, Mark likes to do some of the more scientific things. Um, I I like doing um, 
uh, female victims. Um, I mean, it, it, it just depends. There, there is some strategy be behind it, and, and that is something that's very carefully orchestrated. It's usually better for a woman beating up a woman or questioning a woman. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I did it, I look like a bully. Yeah. Heidi I said that it. on trial. Not, I didn't say you sound like a bully. I said when, right. you know, that uh, it's normally you can tell by people's reactions when um, a male defense attorney is, you know, coming at, uh, you know, in a cross-examination, coming at a female witness that it sometimes it's perceived differently psychologically without people even realizing it. Exactly. Except for Detective Andalon. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. And Heidi said, because I actually did pause for a moment. I said, should I be very aggressive? And she said, yep. Do not hold back at all. Yeah. And that was the right call. That was. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody questioned that strategy. I think we were all, we were ready for it. We were ready for it. Uh, speaking of, is is it? Has anything gone on with that detective lately? <laughs> Is there oh, yeah. any update on? No. Yeah, I have well, no updates. You don't with the other case. Well, yeah, but no, no updates in terms of anything happening to her. We don't oh, know. Oh, not not with oh, respect okay. to to this to our case, mm -hmm. but there has been another development uh, that we recently learned of um, involving another attorney. I don't know if this was shared with you guys or not, but Detective Vanderlyn. Um, oh. Travis was her third uh, case as lead homicide detective. The second case in which she was lead, uh, we recently learned, was uh, dismissed shortly after the Travis Rudolph yes. uh, case. Um, there was uh, apparently some evidence that she had withheld from the defense for many, many months, which exonerated the defendant. And it was also a first degree murder case. Wow. And it was yeah. dropped a few days after Travis was exonerated um, by a prosecutor in the same office when they realized that she was holding back evidence that exonerated yep. this other man charged with first degree murder based on a, a superficial interview of another witness that mm -hmm. said this guy did it. And it was absolutely false. Which is the exact same thing she did with this one. A, yep. a quick interview with the first person she saw and then made a decision and went with it. That's exactly right. Oh, exactly. So frustrating. It, it really is. I mean, it, it's just, it's mind boggling. That's how, unsolved, that's how you have unsolved cases. Yeah. You know, so somebody killed somebody, they got away with it, or they didn't get the right person. So it's an unsolved homicide, just like yeah. this is an unsolved case. These the culprits were all the uh, alleged victims. They should be on trial for all the things they did, and they never will be with with the, the way the state attorney's office is prosecuting cases. Uh, they still could prosecute them, but I don't think you'll ever see that. You know, all all the detective had to do, it, it just if you recall from the testimony. Um, she sent or one of the detectives or sergeant lieutenant sent detective Ema to the hospital around 2:30 in the morning to go take a statement from Tyler and from Dominique Jones and uh, he actually did interview a Dominique it was recorded it was about a 20 minute interview and during the questioning um, Dominique was offering testimony about uh, a lot of details. And Detective Ema even said, how do you know so much about what happened? Were you present? And then Dominique even brought up the fact that her brother had a concealed weapons permit and a gun and carried, you know, and carried legitimately. And Detective Ema said, well, what, what, did he bring his gun there that night? I mean, why is that even relevant? I mean, yeah. he had some real questions about what she was carrying on about. Right. Yet, yet he never 
called or contacted Detective Vanderlyn and said, hey, I just had an interesting conversation with this person you told me to talk to. Well, you don't know if he didn't do that. Maybe she ignored it. Or, and it, but it, we don't know. It, it, maybe he did and she did and it wasn't materialized. But to the best of our knowledge, there was that disconnect. There was no sharing of information. Um, had she, he maybe known that or she known that, you know, maybe the light bulb would have gone up and off and there would have been a little bit more investigation. But there was just utter lack of concern and and no collaboration whatsoever. I, yeah, I, you know, even if at the base level you're concerned about optics, I would say you would want to levy some kind of, I don't know, is how does that work in terms of um, an investigation on conduct? Is that something that they have to initiate? Does somebody else initiate that? Do you know, I mean, how would that, that look? Because that to me is an inexcusable conduct on two different cases out of the three that she's done? Yeah. Yeah, out of the first three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we hope that there is an internal investigation going mm -hmm. on, and uh, where people, you know, in, in the higher ups are taking a look at this. Uh, we hear that there are some rumblings in the sheriff's office that uh, people are very, very concerned. But to what extent this will really be examined, and what will happen, you know, we're, we're really unsure. Yeah. Yeah. Next year, I mean, I was tag everybody i could like with all the palm beach county everything on twitter like everything that i posted you know i was tagging everybody i could because i was you know like this is these are people's lives that she's you know she she was so cavalier and and so um smug yeah really smug in her response all she had to do was say you know what you're right i screwed up i didn't do that i didn't do that i'm new I, I was learning. I messed up. I didn't do that. I could have done it better. Mm -hmm. But every one of her responses was, I just did everything fine. I did yeah. everything fine. That that was inconsequential. Why would I want to seize that evidence? She lost the jury immediately with, with yeah. that with that kind of attitude. Yeah. But you also have to remember the uh, sheriff's office and state attorney's office all throughout the state of Florida is a political position. They're elected officials. And as we know, some elected officials are only concerned about getting reelected. So when you have a bad apple, sometimes they just pull the carpet over it and don't even expose it. And they don't want to expose it because they don't want to look bad for the next election. And next year, there's another election of the state attorney and sheriff. And this goes on throughout the state of Florida. When you have elected officials, we know we all need to keep an eye on it. And that's why Heidi and I take our job so seriously, because we need to watch what these people are doing. Yeah. We are we are not always popular. We we um, but you know it's um, you you have to question things. You really have to push the envelope. Um, it's our job. It's our oath. It's our duty. It's what we what we do. And um, you know if we really believe that somebody is not doing their job or has done something um, illegally or has. Uh, hidden evidence or wh whatever it might be. We have no qualms with filing the appropriate uh, motions to compel, to question things, to push the envelope. I really think that that's our duty. Yeah. I have a case coming up tomorrow in court on attempted murder case and the West Palm Beach Police Department, which is a pretty big organization as well, mm -hmm. are supposed to give us all the videos of this alleged shooting and recordings and body cams and it's going on five months and they've refused to do it. So I've asked the judge to sign an order. Two months ago, she signed an order compelling them to do it. Again, they ignored it. 
Uh, we've asked over and over and over. So tomorrow I have the police chief coming in and, and one of his assistants, and I'm going to ask the judge to hold him in contempt and explain to the court why they're holding evidence for five months when they're supposed to turn it over within a few weeks. And, that, and that's not fair because now I have a kid in jail, a young man, 18 years old, charged with attempted murder. I can't move forward. I haven't worked on his case in four or five months because I haven't seen the evidence. Yeah. And that's just sad that, you know, these agencies act this way and they need to be responsible and they need to be held accountable. Yeah. Wow. That, well, that was one of the questions that somebody had, too, is um, do you have any upcoming trials that we can follow? Everybody loved seeing y'all in action. So everybody's been asking us, you know, if there's um, any more trials that you have coming up that we can um, watch. Before we answer that, I'm going to show you my inspiration. I have a special guest I want to introduce you to. Okay. Uh, for part of my closing argument, remember I mentioned Barney Fife? Yes. Yes. Well, we have a man who's a security guard who's here every night named Elvis. And Elvis is like Barney Fife. El <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> hey, how are you? So I'm waiting for I you hear you're the that question. Do I carry a gun? <laughs> well, me? sir, do you carry a do gun? No, I can't. They won't allow it because the last oh. time I shot my toe off. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice meeting you guys. And I'm glad thank uh, Mark and uh, Heidi to invite me in here. Thank you well, so thanks. much. I take care of everybody. So. Thanks. All right. Nice well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Careful with those guns. Oh, yeah. I'll take them out after. Oh, thank thank you. you, Elvis. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> that just made my whole week. <laughs> oh, he's and he's actually an Elvis impersonator, and he does shows for Elvis, and he's done them for, for some of our assistants before. The guy is amazing. Oh, we, wow. we we missed a prime opportunity to hear Hound Dog. Oh. <laughs> Whenever you need it, let me know. I'll hook you up. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> That's so cool. Aw. Um, um, oh, the uh, the trials that y'all have coming up. Are there anything are there any that you have coming up that we are able to watch? Well, we don't we don't know about Jenkins, but we don't know if it's gonna be televised. We yeah. can tell them about it. Yeah, we have a, a very interesting uh, case that um, was actually set to be tried in the next several weeks. We we don't know if it's going to go or not. We um, we're in the in the middle of negotiations, uh, but we should know by Friday uh, whether it's going to resolve or be a trial. If it's a trial, it will be um, it'll be a very interesting one. Let me just leave it at that. Just as interesting as as Travis Rudolph for many other, for many other reasons. Tell, tell them about the case. Give them, give them a, a background about it. Yeah, uh, it's a sexual battery case involving um, a a uh, former lieutenant from the Miami Dade Police Department and and uh, a, a big wig in the uh, P, uh, PBA, the Police Benevolent Association down in Miami Dade area. Um, he was at a, at an event and but put on by the PBA up here in Palm Beach County. And uh, the, the long story short is he was accused of sexual assault on a um, another attendee of the event who happens to be the general counsel for the PBA. And um, the, the, the Palm Beach Gardens Police Department was extremely quick to arrest 
Um, another one of those within hours, they they had our guy as a suspect. He was arrested very quickly. Um, the husband of this alleged victim is um, an attorney up in Tallahassee, and he put a lot of pressure on the police department to arrest our client because he kept telling the detective how to do her job and told him that there was probable cause to arrest and to get this guy arrested because after all, his wife said that she had been sexually molested. Um, and guy gets arrested. Um, we Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Find out through our own investigation. Hired our own investigator. We uh, got video footage from the hotel that this event uh, took place at for three days. The event was over the course of multiple days. We got all that video footage. It took months to go through all that video footage. It was extremely tedious. But what we learned was that she was having an affair with another attendee, uh, somebody that worked for her, who was going into her hotel room every night. It was actually her boss, excuse me, her boss, who was going into her hotel room every night like clockwork at roughly 10 o'clock and then leaving around 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, And this was a pattern. They were obviously having an affair. Um, The the last night of the event, uh, this woman was down at the bar mingling with other attendees, including our client, having a grand old time. We caught her on video with her shoes off, dancing around, drinking, uh, having a good time. And you see her approach our client and he, he or she, we're not sure who has to, but they, he walks her to her hotel room and they're holding hands and his hands on her butt and on her back. And he's holding a drink in his hand and, uh, and she invites him into the room. They go into the room and, you know, we, my client tells us whatever happened was consensual. Um, while they're in the room, the lover boss that she's been having an affair with multiple nights in a row is trying to reach her for their normal time hookup and can't get a hold of her. So um, comes looking for her, goes down to the bar. They say, hey, by the way, she just left with so-and-so. He took her up to her room. He now knows or thinks, wow, what's she doing? She must be doing something with another guy. He starts calling her. She doesn't answer. He then goes to the room, starts texting her, where the fuck are you? You know, we're supposed to be together. And she starts screaming, well, so-and-so is in my room and he just raped me. Oh, wow. Yep. And then when they come out of the room, he's screaming at her and yelling. You can't hear it, but you can see how upset he is. 
this is a rape victim, allegedly, who works for him. And then they get down to the elevator and he puts his arms on the wall and tries to lean in for a kiss. And she pushes him away. And then he stands behind her and hugs her um, like you would do with your wife or girlfriend. And this is his employee. Yep. So this, this case involves infidelity, well, to, uh, salacious allegations, to, police who refused to look at phone records, police who did not follow protocol and even look at the phones to be, see what each other wrote and texted to each other. They just looked at the front of the text that they showed them. Hey, where are you? I'm being raped by, by so-and-so. And, and that's it. And they, and they didn't they didn't do any further investigation. Wow. Randy, all those videos that we just uh, described for you, those were things that our investigator uh, preserved and secured. The prosecution never got it. Never. Wow. Never cared. Never they looked. never cared. They never looked. That's what we have. Thank God. And it showed all of that. To make matters worse, this general counsel for the PBA was deposed and she lied under oath. She denied ever, ever having a man in her room during those hours. She denied having an affair with this other gentleman, her boss. She denied that there would be any reason for any man to go in her room at night. She denied that they, would be, they were there for work purposes. Bottom line is she said nothing happened with any other man. She is a member of the Florida Bar. She perjured herself under oath. Wow. She, yeah. And they are going forward on this case. They Now we have shared those tapes with them. We've showed that not only is she a liar over and over and over, and will be disbarred if this comes out because she's perjured herself. Also prosecuted an innocent man facing 15 years in prison. He lost his job. He's lost his job. He almost lost his pension. Life is turned upside down. And do you know they are still going forward? How, how can That's, they still go forward, though, with all of that? They said, they said, go to trial. Let the jury find him not guilty. Go to trial. That's the attitude. Rather than saying... Not the prosecutor has the case, but, but, but a lady named Brianna Coakley. I hate to say her name, but uh, that's the name. supervisor <laughs> of the sex crimes. And her attitude is, she made the allegation, let's go forward. To make matters worse, you know it's really despicable? This woman... General counsel, PBA, was a former prosecutor who prosecuted sex crimes. Really? Really. And told that to the investigating officers, that I'm your lawyer. I'm in charge of the PBA. That's right. And I'm a former sex prosecutor. And sex what crime. I'm telling you is the truth. He raped me. I'm a former prosecutor. I'm, I'm your lawyer as a PBA general counsel. I represent all of you. Yeah. Quick rush to judgment. Wow. Guy, my guy cheated on his wife, and if that was a crime, half the country would be in jail. But in terms of committing a crime, no chance. And the jury's never going to convict this guy. And here we are again. Bad police work, bad prosecutorial discretion in terms of uh, trying the case and, and still trying to get squeeze our guy to take some type of plea. And, you know, he's facing a major amount of time in prison. So it's very scary, even when you know you're not guilty, right. when you have the government saying – you lose, we're going to give you 15 years in jail. That That's scary stuff. Right. Yeah. And although he knows he's innocent and it, whatever happened was consensual, we believe him wholeheartedly. We have the video evidence to, to show that. Um, it, 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 like Mark said, when you know, you're facing that much time um, and you just never really know what a jury is going to do, it's very, very scary. So we are, we are trying to negotiate some resolution where, you know, maybe – a misdemeanor and that's it. And he moves on with his life. That would be, um, you know, very tempting just to be done with it. But um, 
it's very, very frustrating. They really should just drop the charges because that's that's the right thing to do, but they won't. Wow. It's fascinating to me. I mean, it really communicates to me how much they, how highly or not highly they think of the population that could be brought on as a jury. I mean, it seems like a lot of what happened in, in, in Travis's case in terms of, especially when they started focusing on abuse and, and things like that, that is, is um, you know, it almost seems like they assume that's going to overshadow any other fact that you all bring, and the jury's just going to be like absolutely guilty. That's, good. that's, that's just because they how used, this works. That's, I'm sorry. That's because they're used to people not fighting. All right. And, and I'm not saying we're the best lawyers. We're good lawyers, but mm -hmm. a lot of lawyers don't fight. They're so used to losing, they give up and they, and they go in there like, like mice and they let the prosecutors take advantage of them. We're not going to do that until we retire. That'll never happen on our watch. And the, the first offer on this police officer was seven years in prison. And the prosecutor thought he was giving him a gift. And we both looked at each other like, what? You think this is a gift? They didn't know we had all the tapes. We wanted to commit their witnesses to lie after lie after lie. And as soon as they did that and, and, and made believe that they were innocent people and they weren't having an affair, and this was really a real rape case, and then there was no ulterior motives to defend their cheating from their husbands and wives and everything else they were doing. Then we shared the tapes. It was brilliantly played. We, we got them all locked in under oath, sworn, locked. They couldn't deviate from it. Even the lover, the boss, locked, never had an affair, never went and went to her room. There was no wiggling out of that. And then once we had them locked under oath is when we shared that information. And these oh, are leaders wow. in our community. These are leaders. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what we see every day. And, and we don't represent everybody who's innocent. That doesn't happen. But a fair share. There's many people. We have many other cases coming up that we believe are not guilty. They may not be totally innocent, but they're clearly not guilty. Like the case with the rape. He cheated on his wife. I mean, that's that's terrible. And that doesn't make him a rapist. Yeah. Right. That's part of what makes jury so unpredictable because going in and that's what makes something like that so scary because he's 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 he didn't do what he's being accused of doing but you know not having a you know perfect defendant can be scary going before a jury because you don't know who's going to you know hold that against him for example yeah. right 39 exactly. shots not calling the police right not, not, you know not walking out of your house right away yeah. um you know leaving your home and going a block and a half down the road that's scary but yeah. we've been doing it so long, we believe in the system. And when you are able to communicate properly and explain things properly, the system really does work. The sad thing is that so many people cannot afford lawyers. And, and, and even the lawyers they do hire, a lot of them, I hate to say, are not very good. Yeah. Um, which is really sad. Uh, yeah. And the prosecutors take advantage. And that's sad. And that's a, that is a true statement. Um, I hate to say that, uh, again, not giving us kudos, but uh, I know who we are innately and I know how hard we work and I know how much we really care. But we're also able to do that because um, we have clients who have the resources uh, to fund a defense the way we believe it has to be funded in order to do the best we can do. And there are a lot of uh, people out there who unfortunately just don't have those resources. Yeah. Well, and I can imagine it gets pricey, like they're having to have the, you know, the, the entire investigation process itself. Um, you know, I've seen some of, um, I, y'all know I'm nosy. So I'm always going through like court documents and stuff from <laughs> stuff. And I've seen, um, you know, different things with like stuff listed out on how much it 
cost for, you know, investigators and to, you know, pull records and to have to, you know, the manpower to, to research and, and do all of these things. So it, it, I know it can be pricey. That's one, you know, one thing that's, um, it is a little scary about the justice system sometimes because, you know, it, if you, you know, have, you know, overworked, you know, I know we hear that about the overworked public, you know, defenders, you know, that have so many cases at a time and stuff like that. So it's, um, that can be, I'm sure, scary for some people too. And that's part of why I'm sure we have so many wrongful convictions too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're, you're exactly right. And the other side, you have very inexperienced prosecutors because they don't pay them properly and they don't train them properly. So a lot of people get experience and then they go to uh, personal injury firms, insurance defense firms, criminal defense. And these are experienced people that if you just paid them properly, then they would be able to judge cases better than someone only there for four, five, six, seven, eight years. When you have prosecutors 10, 15, 20 years, not all of them are good, but some of them are very good. Uh, so you really, we need to examine why prosecutors aren't paid properly. Uh, leadership comes from the top. And I think if you don't have the appropriate uh, leadership, strong leadership, someone who really has a, a sense of, of justice and what's right and wrong um, and takes the time to really evaluate cases that are problematic, it's going to trickle down to your to your assistant state attorneys and they're, they're never going to learn from that and they're never going to get it. It, it, it really comes from the top. I, I, when I worked as a prosecutor under Barry Krischer, um, I think he was one of the best state attorneys that, uh, that I've ever seen in this county. He gave us uh, the discretion to do what we thought was right or you know what we thought was right. He said, this is your case. You've evaluated it. If this is what you think needs to be done, I have no problem. I trust you. Dump it. And, and I just, I, I, I've seen a shift over the years mm-hmm. that um, that level of trust in associates, uh, assistant state attorneys is just not there. And I don't know what that is or why why that doesn't exist anymore. I can't put my finger on it. That, that's true. And I worked for Mr. Krischer also and, and a couple other process, state attorneys that were elected. Uh, and, I, and I did first degree murders for approximately 10 years. Uh, never second guess me when I said, Mr. Krischer, I'm dropping this high profile case because in my heart of hearts, I'm not sure if this person did it or I can't prove this beyond a reasonable doubt. Never once did he say, all right, I'm going to get a different prosecutor. He always said, do the right thing. It's easy when you do the right thing because all of us innately know what the right thing is. Right. And like Heidi says, it's hard to find people to do the right thing anywhere yeah. in this country. Why the, not? The why, right, why, why not? Because the right thing is not always the popular thing. Right. And these these state attorneys are politicians and they have to answer to the public. And if you let a murderer go or a rapist go and those cases are dumped, he has to or she has to look the public in the eye and explain it. And that's not a popular position to take. So I think they're more mindful of the uh, po- of the politics and the numbers and reelection than they are of doing the right thing. So you go to trial and you might convict someone who's not guilty or you do or, or you found not guilty and you say, well, it wasn't my fault. It was the jury. We did the best we could do. Yeah, that's not right. You do have to make tough decisions. I mean, I had to drop a case once where uh, we told the officer not to make an arrest and a little child was killed and raped. Uh, It was horrendous. And and the the only evidence was there was a cigarette butt next to the the body of this poor, unfortunate child. It was one of the worst cases ever. And it was a very case that was very, a lot of notoriety in Palm Beach County. 
And the officer made the arrest only on a cigarette butt that had a suspect's DNA. That cigarette butt could have been there before this happened. It could have been after. He could be the murderer. Yeah. Uh oh. And I said, I can't do that. And and, and Mr. Christopher said, I agree with you. And and that case was 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 dropped. Because uh, the officer rushed to judgment. He should have waited like we told him, get more evidence. Yeah. But he didn't listen. Uh, but our job is we're not when I'm a prosecutor, when I was a prosecutor, I'm not, I don't represent the police, I represent the public. Right. A lot of prosecutors don't realize that. They think that they're the lawyer for the police. They're not. They're your lawyer, my lawyer, they're everyone's lawyer. And and they, it, it starts from the top. They need better, better leaders and better training. So if this one does go to trial, um, we don't I'm I'm assuming we we don't even know if it's going to trial yet, so we wouldn't know anything about it being um streamed or anything but um if uh if that does go to trial i'd like to know more you know i'd like to be able to follow it as much as i can even if it's not streamed at least i can update our jurors about you know what's going on during the day and and stuff like that um lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, sure. we, we say we're justice junkies. You know, whatever whatever justice looks like in any situation, you know, that's that's what... We want we want truth and justice. So, um, you know, of course, we'll do anything we can to support an innocent man not going to jail. So oh, hopefully as you guys grow and, and I know you will because you guys are great, you'll have your own camera and you can stream uh, yeah. cases that maybe other networks or, or other venues don't want to stream. Yeah, because there's so many interesting cases out there and 99 percent of them no one even knows about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um one of our one of one of the folks that are watching is asked, did Heidi get to listen to the throw at nine one one call? If we remember the last oh. time that we we interviewed Mark, did you get to hear that? Um, Don't answer that. Plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I, trying to catch us. I, uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say that um, I oh. listened to that tape many times, and mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I, I I didn't hear that. I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, so. Um, we, I've listened to it after Mark told me about it, that you all brought it to our attention. Um, it does appear that that is what's being said. Um, I, I think that's probably what it was. And I feel really, um, I feel badly that, uh, that I missed that. Oh, well, I didn't want you to feel that way. This is one of those things where we have the privilege of not having to listen to things over and over and over and over again. And so we get to hear it within the context of the trial. Sure. And so maybe we're looking for that yeah. that kind of a thing. And so yeah. it's easier on our end after every after you all have put everything together. No so I certainly no didn't excuse. want to make you feel bad. I, uh, I all, of, all of the calls and videos and stuff like that, because I'm a, I'm a data junkie. I want to see the... I want to see the cell phone evidence. I want to see the, you know, um, security footage. I want to hear the 911 calls. So any of that stuff, I'll always slow it down and, you know, try to find any little thing I can. Right. And, um, because I don't have access to everything like y'all do. So when, um, so when I get like the snippets that I do get access to, I dive in. So it's, it's a little bit, um, like 
JT said, it's a little bit easier to find stuff when, you know, instead of having a, this huge case file to go to, sure. you know, to go over I, thousands I, and thousands of pages and you, right. Yeah. I, I get that, but still that, uh, uh, you know, I, again, I, we listened to it. Just, it never, it never really clicked. It, it, we just never heard that before. Yeah. For whatever reason. Maybe one of the jurors caught it. We don't know. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible, but yeah, I don't know. Don't know. I wish they'd have gone and checked the building, like the rooftop or the bushes or anything where they where they found them. But it was so obvious that, you know, when they pulled into that abandoned gas station or auto body shop, they 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 pulled in intentionally to it's the not, very very and it's not abandoned; it's open. Whatever it, it was dark. It was you know it, it appeared to be abandoned, but they pu pulled all the way to the back. If they wanted to be seen, they would have just pulled in, waited right by yeah. the front of the entrance. It was so obvious that they were doing something back there that they didn't want to be seen. Yeah. Oh, they they do oh, a lot. They don't want to be seen. But I'm nosy, and I found them on social media. So I <laughs> I was posting all of their stuff. I was like, oh, he says he doesn't do guns. Here's a picture of him with a gun. Yeah, um, yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, speaking yeah. of pictures of guns, I yeah. have some of those too. Let me yeah, I mean, Keyshawn's an interesting um, character. He he and uh, his sister, boy, um, they, they, I don't think I've ever met two more despicable people. I mean, they are just sucking the air from this earth, and they uh, they're just they're tell, tell them how you really feel. Don't hold back. <laughs> they, they are they are. I mean, I don't need to say more. You all saw it, um, but what you know, Keyshawn is interesting because. He is, he's not dumb by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he tries to present as being cerebral and, um, you know, this intellectual, but he really is nothing more than a street thug. If you look yeah. at his social media, he is, he, he doesn't uh, post pictures of him at his FAU honors college studying and in the library doing work and doing good things in the community, uh, sitting down at lunch with autistic children and cleaning up trash or saving the turtles. What he's posting is himself with weapons, guns, in his socks, in his pants, you know, Benjamins thrown all around him. Um, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a thug. He yeah. is an absolute thug. And so are his friends. Oh, and unfortunately, he's... the jury just did not, you know, get to see that. But they look the the right result occurred. But it would have been nice if the jury could really see who who these people were for what they are. Yeah, it's it's frustrating sometimes too when I am able on this end to research and find stuff and be nosy and stick my nose where it doesn't belong and find you know their like I said, like their mama's dog walkers. If it's out there, it's out there, if though. If it's out there, it's out there. <laughs> right. um, but it's frustrating when I can see stuff on this end, you know, like we're looking at all this stuff and, you know, 13th juror, you know, stream and stuff, but the jury can't see it. And you're just like, right, man, I hope they can see through this. I hope that they can, you know. Yeah. So, but. Jury's a lot of times things aren't admissible. We have rules of evidence that sometimes sound archaic. She, but, she knows that's what she's. But they do really make sense. Yeah. Um, they're there for a yeah, purpose. And yeah. It's hard to explain it to people who are not lawyers, but yeah. the rules of evidence are fascinating. And and, yeah. and you may think, well, why didn't the jury see this? But it really does make sense uh, in the whole context of the whole trial, because you really have to rule just on what happened that day, that night, that that incident, and not judge somebody for their past. Or, right. It, it, yeah. There's certain rules that we have to follow, and they, they make sense. Yeah, it uh, they absolutely I mean, I totally understand. It definitely sometimes leads us to feel like we're watching um, 
if we're watching a horror movie, we're like, don't go through that door or don't go upstairs. And you know what I mean? So, right. but, but I totally understand. Uh, Brandy, I can move some things around. Oh yeah. Here we just, oh, where'd you, you go? Got it. Never mind. Where'd you go? I don't know. I'm around um, here. I'll fix it. Um, I'm around. I'm still here. Hey, no, no, I'm here. Um, so these pictures, um, are, let me see if I can scroll, scroll in, whatever it's called. Uh, what's the word? Zoom in. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a knowledgeable child. Um, <laughs> uh, are you a real, are you a realtor? <laughs> um, yeah, but I've never sold a house. <laughs> Neither is she either. So <laughs> apparently that's not a requirement to be a realtor anymore. So no. uh, yeah, is your mom or a medical that. assistant? Yeah, I was about to say that. Mom, mom is a nurse, so um, oh. I may not have sold a house, but I have a mother. So, <laughs> oh, God. oh, that woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Are you so, married and didn't tell anyone? <laughs> no, I I'm divorced and I told everyone. Brandy, <laughs> oh, I don't know if you're aware because this certainly you know was not admissible, but she married her husband at the federal Chrome detention center so that he could get citizenship. That's where their marriage took place. Yes. Well, drop a little bomb on this. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah. That's where they got married. Yep. She admitted oh, she, that. She just keeps getting better. And In better. another matter. Yeah. She admitted that. Oh, she's awful. Yeah. She's any, any has a criminal history. Yep. Oh, really? Serious. Yeah. Like violent crimes. Yes. That's, that's not important. Yeah. That's oh, nothing personal. She doesn't need to share that. She, it's not her story to tell that she's married. That's not apparently her, not. That's not her business to tell people. No, you didn't ask the question. Oh my gosh, that's the right. stupidest thing. I've never met somebody who didn't want to tell that story. Like I've just never met somebody who didn't want to tell the story. But you know, our apparently it's very is married to our daughter, and and they have a child together, and they both watched a good portion of the trial, and. After Dominique testified, our son-in-law asked our daughter, you're not married besides <laughs> me, are you? <laughs> he said, I never thought to ask that question until I saw Dominique. That's, That's hilarious. <laughs> how, how, whose business would it be to tell if it's not your own business? Oh, gosh, that girl. <laughs> oh, um, can't make okay. this stuff up. No, no. 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 It, and that's one thing that we said this whole time is like, you, if you had, if this trial were a movie, nobody would believe it. Everybody would be like, that's not believable. Right. People don't act like that in court. Um, you know, girl, like women don't come in and make their own objections and, you know, tell them that she's done speaking on that. And, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Well, let, me, let me share something with you guys. Cause this, this really, I don't, I don't know if you want to go to this, but I'll tell you why this case should be a movie. You want me to tell you after you go through the pictures? Uh, we can, or you could tell. Um, either way, you want to tell us about these pictures because these were from. Yep, yeah, these uh, actually were admitted into evidence during the stand your ground hearing. Um, these are all uh, Keyshawn Jones carrying. Um, I don't know what type of gun that is. Um, he he, he semi-automatic. Yeah, but I don't know the exact. But he admitted that those were his guns. Um, and he was carrying them. And I believe this was in, at City Place, which is a public um, area in West Palm Beach. Um, I believe that was a picture of Sebastian, if I'm not mistaken, was, with a gun with in his sock. sock. See his hand. Uh, yeah, that hand. 
Not sure what that is. Oh, uh, that's in it's... one of the trials I'm going over now. Yep. Here's one of the guys, you know, with lots of money thrown around. Um, that was Kishan. I think it was Kishan, if I'm not mistaken. Who doesn't, who doesn't have a job who's, who right. goes to college? Right, exactly. What, what is on his shoe? Um, I can't. I have no idea. It looks like a. It almost looks like a rose, rose but yeah. I'll tell yeah. you what, from far away, it does not look like it should be there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Um, um there's, there's more there of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we just had a whole, um, the YNW Melly trial, they had, um, a gang expert come and go over all of this for, we actually had a gang, gang expert review a lot of the, uh, social media photos oh, really? and she was from the sheriff's office, retired. And she told us that a lot of the poses with the hands and fingers were symbols that gang members use. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. These, a lot of these are the same ones that they went over in that case, which this is all the same area. The trial I'm covering now is, is um, like uh, Broward County. So yep. 30 minutes, 40 minutes from here. Yeah. Right. Keyshawn Jones again. Um, looks like somebody's kitchen. This one again is in city place. Again, this that's, is this is a public parking um, lot. Um, that's a crime. Open carrying a gun is a crime. Why yeah. would you be doing this in a, uh, you know, an area that has restaurants and movie theaters and and a children. children's playground yeah. and a, a Christmas tree center and and ice cream parlor? I mean, this is it's crazy that they're running around this public area with guns like that. This is a future surgeon. Yeah. Can Not my surgeon. Not my surgeon. <laughs> you hope. Yeah, well, fair, fair. This is um, this that looks like Sebastian. Yeah. Um, and I don't know who the person um in the white shirt is. That might be the husband, but I don't remember. The husband of who? Dominique, but I can't recall. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> Sebastian and Keyshawn, and I don't know who the third person is. Um. On the G wagon. They got. I see the G-Wag, I see yeah. the money, I see the the firearm. <laughs> the only thing they're missing is that, like, really, really young puppy on a laptop that's in one oh of my gosh, the other photos so that you found, Brandy. Yeah. Keyshawn, again. Yeah. Um, is that Sebastian? Sebastian? Yeah, I think that's Sebastian. Keyshawn. Got money is, that in a, is that in a residence hall? Because it sure looks like one. It, yeah, I don't know. Or a hotel, I guess. Yeah, probably. A, I, I'm not sure. JTM. Not enough clothes on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> they're proud of the money. Yeah, they are. And, and they're yeah. Burberry's. And, you know, every outfit they came in was uh, Louis and Burberry. Dominique, I'm sure you caught it. She came in with um, YSL and Chanel. And, and, you know, it could be faux. It could be real. But again, uh, these people don't work. I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know where they're coming up with this money to fund this lifestyle. Oh. Oh, that, that's not anxiety inducing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that is. Double fisted them. Yeah. Oh. Not sure. Oh, this. Dramanique. I have 1K on that little girl head. Who won it? Question mark. 
bring me a tooth want her so beat up she can't believe it this is um dominique Who post this kind of thing she's um, i have yeah. a, i have 1k on that little girl's head well, well well hold on but to be fair we don't really know maybe somebody's posted this and set her up we don't think so but um we don't really know step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Well, I pulled up the Instagram. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm nosy. Um, and this is a new account um and she's got it set to private but i mean this yep. is her um uh like the profile picture is a a picture of her and um and all that so i mean it looks it looks like looks legit it looks legit. so i wonder who this poor little girl is that she um is only worth a thousand bucks and she wants to see a tooth to prove that the hit's been done I but mean, in but in fairness somebody could have made a fake, fake account. We don't really know because we haven't fully investigated this. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. it's out there and, and yeah. uh, it is what it is. And it, all we can say is it's very consistent with um, her, baby. her behavior and, and the type of hit she put out on Travis. Oh, she's awful. She's awful. She's awful. She's, she's terrible. <sighs> she's an awful human being. Yeah. She's downright evil. Yeah. I went through her Twitter like all the way back. Um, and it was ironic because there were um, there were tweets that I found where she was talking about. There was one that she was like, you know, I'm not going to go through his phone. I'm just, you know, going to whatever. And um, and there were all these like gold digger posts and about how, you know, she deserves to be spoiled. And if he's right. not buying you flowers and, you know, all this stuff every day and all this. But she's not a gold digger. And it's just she she is not the kind of lady I would want my nieces to grow up to be. I'll just say that. You know, it's it's funny you said that. Um, those are some of the comments I made to Mark recently and some uh, my own daughters and, and young women is um, when I look at somebody like her, uh, I'm scared for the future of, of women. She makes me feel as though we've regressed 40 or 50 years. Um, I too noticed the posts on her Instagram and how it's all about, I want to be taken care of. I want to find a sugar daddy. I want Louis. I want champagne by night. And I want to go, you know, I want to go to St. Bart's and, and have summer vacations there. Not that she was going to earn these things or that she was, this is what she was going to do for herself, get an education and become an educated woman. She didn't need a man. She could provide for herself. Um, it's all about finding a rich guy and, and, and using men and it's just, um, we've gone so far back. Yeah. I, and this seems to be the mentality of a lot of young women and I just don't get it. And it really saddens me a lot. Yeah. It's it's like a social media trend. Cause I mean, the, the women that I know that, you know, I 
surround myself with the ones that I know are, are nothing like that, but I see it on, you know, on stuff like this. So I'm, I, I feel like it's, it's such a trend now, but I'm hoping it's like just a, you know, social media thing and not like a, I don't know. I guess I'm just rose. No, no, because I'm wanting media, it to not be, I'm not, I'm wanting it to not be like, you know, reality, but social media is so yeah. powerful. And these, yeah. uh, I mean, you're, you're seeing even, you know, um, young women that, you know, pop stars, rappers. I mean, this is what's popular. Uh, yeah. You know, you look at people like Adriana Grande and, and people, you know, all these young people, they're posting things and very sexualized and it's all about money and, and, um, and being seen as a sexual um, item. And it's just, um, it, it's very disheartening. It's yeah. Um, yeah, it's very troublesome to me. I hope that her knowledge will eventually lead to her maturity because she needs help in that. Um, so speaking of Dramanique, um, oh gosh, I can't stand her. Um, <laughs> what, so I know like you, you mentioned that you like um, to let the train wreck happen and the jury watch it. Did you expect her to be as Dramanique as she became? Like, did you, did you yes. know it was going to get that bad? Yes. I, I had her um, at the motion hearing, stand your ground hearing. She was oh, yeah. a train wreck at that. Um, I think she was a little bit more of a train wreck at trial, which, you know, that was fine by me because that's I, the jury got to see that. Yeah. Um, but yes, I fully anticipated that that she would be a handful. Do you think that having the cameras and having it live streamed had an effect on her attitude? Because her attitude always seemed like she's not, um, she didn't seem concerned with being, um, honest or getting justice or, you know, being, um, you know, presenting herself in a way that, you know, was anything other than, you know, just smug. Like, it, it's almost like she was proud to try to be, to have this attitude and, and it, I mean, it didn't come off well. Do you think that the cameras had an effect on how bad she got? I, I don't. I, I, Hold I, on. How many times did she fix her hair? <laughs> maybe that but it didn't change her testimony it didn't change her demeanor it she, who, who she was at trial was exactly the way she was at the motion hearing you don't think in seeing the camera she was trying to like she dressed the part she tried to look the part in, in the in the in the actual hearing she wasn't wearing those kind of clothes she wasn't fixing her hair constantly she was watching the cameras because mm. she knew People would see her on social media. Maybe, uh, you know. I, again, she's looking for the next victim. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. I, you know. <laughs> I really. I'm. I'm not. I can't really answer. I'm not sure. I just know that in terms of her testimony, which was what what, what I was concerned about, mm -hmm. um, it was very very consistent with the way she testified at the at the motion hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, Kathy from Gossip Rumor and Innuendo, and if you guys haven't seen that channel too, she does some great. She, she does some great recaps and she did some great recaps of y'all's trial as well. But Kathy was asking if Dominique's a parent. Do you guys know if she's, is she a parent? That's, that's not something she would share with us. She's not supposed that, to do that. Fair. It's not her story <laughs> not to, her tell. to it's tell. not her story. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't know. The fair enough. No, I have no information to, to that effect. And, and, and thank God uh, that if she's not, uh, we don't need little Dominique's running around this world. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That was 
I can't even imagine. No. Um, let's see what other questions you got, JT. I haven't been. Um, well, I've been so involved. You know, this is a little sidestepping the the trial, but I've seen in the comments a lot, and I fully believe it that you all are a fan. You guys are just a power couple, and it's just amazing to watch you all work. And there's a lot of people who have been asking questions, both Discord. Ex- that are in all over the place just like they want to know how you met and i know that's more of like a personal thing so if you don't want to share this totally fine i totally understand um but they're interested so i just thought i'd toss that question out there um we were both prosecutors and met at the prosecutor's office uh in the late 90s so at work and what works even better is we understand the stressors of the job and 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 you know, it's hard to explain to someone who's not a lawyer why you work until three o'clock in the morning, why yeah. why you don't see your kids and grandkids for 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 six weeks because you're busy in a trial, uh, why why you don't talk to anyone, or, and why why you skip dinner five days in a row because you're so busy preparing. Right. We understand each other what what it takes to get the job done. So un- unfortunately, most people who are lay people have no clue how hard it is. Uh, if you do the job right, if you really do it right, you just sacrifice your life basically do the right thing uh, until it's over and then you get your life back again until the next one yeah yeah we try very hard to balance that we do have you know we do have a family and children and a grandchild and we and we try our best but um it it is an all-consuming um profession and and it's we try hard to uh leave it at the door when we walk out of here at night but when you're in trial it's um it's a lot of other things are sacrificed for the trial work we, we yeah. took a trip to Iceland right before the trial uh, just to clear our heads and, and, and get away because we knew we were going to be consumed as soon as we came back. Uh, and that, that works for us. We, we need to take breaks. We need to uh, to relax and, and, and not just constantly fight with everybody because we do. We, we fight with judges. We fight with prosecutors. Sometimes we fight with jurors trying to get them to understand. We fight with witnesses. Uh, we're really constantly fighting. We're, we're, we're always swimming against the tide. And I'm not saying that y'all feel sorry for us because this is what the field we we chose and we believe in the Constitution and uh, we believe everyone has rights, uh, whether you're an NFL player or whether you clean the office buildings. The person who comes in is going to clean our office soon. Um, They're just as important as the person who owns this building, maybe more important because they affect our life every day. Uh, And we really, really believe that. So it doesn't matter who you are. We take it very serious. If we take you as a client, we treat you like your family. I think a lot of the reasons that, um, you know, it, it, it works, not that we're a power couple to use your phrase, but the reason that we're effective it is because um, we, we are not only uh, partners in law, but we are partners in our personal life and we trust each other immensely. We know how we, we think. Um, we can finish each other's sentences. Um, we, we really are very much in sync. And I think that, um, that really benefits the clients. Um, it, 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 um, I think they're fortunate to have people in our situation. But we also fight. And, and sometimes uh, during the trial, I'll hand Heidi notes and say, why the F didn't you ask this question? Ask, <laughs> this, ask this. And she'll do the same with me. And it yeah. makes us better lawyers. It makes us more aggressive in, in terms of, uh, look, maybe we did miss something. So, uh, yeah. It's it's very difficult to do that with someone you don't trust. You know, I couldn't sit there and, and find a, another lawyer who has an office a couple blocks from here and and, and start handing him notes and saying, "Do this, do that. Why did you miss this? Why did you miss that?" Right. I think it's 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 a really rare find 
first you've got to love what you got what you're doing two you have to be a pretty you know a decent trial lawyer to do this kind of work and and third if you're doing it um in in a partnership uh in the most serious cases you know generally we'll do at least two attorneys you have to trust that other attorney so innately that they are going to do it exactly the way that you would do it and i have that i have that with him so it, it's it's a pleasure to be able to say I don't have to worry about 50% of the witnesses. I can give it to him. He can run with it. I know it's going to be done exactly the way I would do it. And I know he feels the same, you know, with me. And, and that's just, that's rare. It, yeah. it really is. It's a gift. Yeah. I, I was just interviewed recently on a podcast uh, about cross-examination. Uh, a person who's interviewed a lot of good lawyers throughout this country. And uh, one of the questions uh, I, was, I was asked was who I admire as lawyers. Um, and I'm not saying because Heidi's my wife, but it's the truth. I admire Heidi. And uh, if I was ever in trouble, uh, that's who I would ask to represent me because I totally trust her uh, 100%. So um, it's it's an unusual find that, you know, may, maybe we are a power couple. I, I, we don't look at it that way. We just look at it that we're blessed to have each other. We're blessed to have clients that trust us. And we're blessed to have people who want to talk to us like you. So uh, we're blessed every day. And and we count our blessings that we live in this country and and we have a chance to go to trial and we don't just have a judge who will rub a stamp a, a prosecutor's case thank yeah. god we have this system it's not the infallible we make mistakes right sometimes it doesn't always work but it's it's the best we can come up with and it's it, it really does work overall mike wants to know heidi what were your exact <laughs> words to dominique when she wanted to talk to travis <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> no, don't say that. I said something along the lines of, well, first of all, I sort of leaned in and gave her the death stare. She was seated at the time, so I stood, um, and I'm not a small woman, but I stood over her and looked her in the eyes, and I said, why the F would I ever let somebody talk to my client who wanted to put him on uh, death row? And she looked at me with daggers like she wanted to kill me. And then I uh, just very calmly walked away. Wow. Yeah. Oh, the nerve, the audacity. Oh, mm -hmm. my gosh. Yeah. She just gets worse and worse every time. Yes. Yes. Hear anything about her. Yeah. Um, let's oh, see. my God. Um, Virginia was going to ask, and you stop me whenever you want to, by the way. Uh, do you have to turn down a lot of cases, or how do you pick the cases that you take up? Yeah. yeah. No, either. I'm thirsty. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you know, yeah, there are cases we have to turn down because there's only so many hours in a day. And, and we, uh, one of the things we pride ourselves on is just not being a volume firm. I mean, we really try to work each case right. very, very thoroughly. And that takes a lot, a lot of time. So, um, we, we have like 20, 30 cases each. That's it. Yeah. I mean, we, we try to keep our caseload smaller, um, just because that's the way we practice. Um, we do have a couple of associates and what we can't handle, we, we will turn to them. Um, but yes, the answer is yes. Unfortunately, sometimes we do have to turn cases down. We, we actually, you know, in the last four weeks had about five or six homicide requests and we didn't take a single one. Um, yeah. People could not afford it, unfortunately. Uh, and, and they're so enormously time consuming. Um, just so the audience knows, I mean, 
a homicide case from lawyers who know what they're doing, even if it's a second degree, the minimum you're looking at is $100,000 plus cost, minimum. And it could be more than that. And, uh, and that's a lot of money. Most people can't afford that. And, that. and that's unfortunate because people do need help and people do call us. We probably get called on at least half the homicide cases in this area, uh, maybe yeah. more. And, and only a fraction can, can afford us. And, and we're not the most expensive lawyers, but certainly we, we have to be cognizant that we don't take too many cases because our, our, our quality will go down. Yeah, I mean, the costs and a cost alone just to fund a, a homicide case or some other more, you know, other serious cases um, it, it can be $100,000 or, or, or more. Cost for just hiring experts just, and depositions. You know, it wasn't that, that big a case in terms of getting experts. How much was that roughly? 100, 150000 just in costs. Never mind attorney's fees. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. To, to to adequately defend somebody in that type of case. But I made about $12 an hour on that case, just so you all know. <laughs> like, all the hours we put in, yeah. And Heidi didn't make anything an hour no, it was, it because it wasn't even her case. I was hired. I asked Heidi to help me. Yep. And then she became very fond of Travis and, and, and agreed to do it. But uh, she was not hired and she was not compensated. That's right. At he, all. He hired Mark. And uh when Mark saw, you know, just how difficult a case it was going to be, the magnitude of the, the number of witnesses and everything, I agreed to help. But uh, and that was one of the reasons um, I was able I, I had another commitment at the end of the trial. It was a, a vacation that I had planned a year ago with my daughter. And it, 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 it was very important to us. And uh, Travis and the judge uh, agreed that I could cut out a few days earlier because also I wasn't counsel of record. It was Mark's case. So right. it was easy for me to, to bail the last couple of days. It was a very tough decision, but I knew he was in very good hands and we, they were wrapping up at that point. So yeah. Yeah. Did, did two left hands. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> did you watch anything? I mean, I know you were on vacation and that was a very important one for you. Um, uh, were you, did, did you want, did you have to force yourself not to watch the ending? Did you watch the, the closings? I watched, yes, I watched the closing. It just so happened that I was in a spot where I could. I was actually hiking in the uh, Pyrenees Mountains in, in Spain. I was doing the El Camino de Santiago. Um, and uh, most of the days I was in an area where there was absolutely no cell phone, nothing. Um, but at that time, I was happy to be at a hotel where I was able to get internet service and was able to watch. Oh, that's uh, how did how did the Barney Fife comment hit you? <laughs> <laughs> because it was instantly legendary and will forever remain in the annals of of this channel. I so. loved it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I, my loud, obnoxious laugh on stream when he said it. I was, it was. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. We we talk about those kinds of things all the time. Like I I think we've talked we about that talk. comment. Like he was yeah. going to say it, and I said. Are you kidding me? Nobody Are you knows sure? who Barney Fife is anymore. <laughs> we do. We do. We do. <laughs> like, I loved it, but I, I really did not think anybody would relate to that. And then I told you guys last time I felt bad because Barney Fife was the nicest guy in the world. And I'm comparing him to one of the most inept detectives ever. And that wasn't a fair comparison. So I do apologize. Uh, <laughs> Barney Fife. My, my sincere apologies, Mr. Fife. Well, Barney could at least walk out the door and question people. <laughs> Like right. he, he would he would go out the door to find evidence. He wouldn't wait for it to come to him. So, you know, yeah, he would probably lose it before he got back to the right. police department. But he'd Maybe. find it or not. understand yeah. It, yeah. But he tried. He made an effort. 
Yeah. And we have Elvis. He sure did. And we have Elvis, who you met. I love right. our bar right. fight. <laughs> we yeah, need to give him awesome. his own show on our channel. That's what we need to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's awesome. Um, let, let, let me let me tell you, because before I forget. Yeah. Um, I'll share this with you. I don't know how, if I shared it or not last time, but let me now that more time has went by, I can share it even better about what happened. Uh, this case, I didn't realize. But Tessa was another case. We didn't realize we'd beat you and many other people in this case had a lot of traction throughout this country yeah. uh, had no clue it would and it didn't really matter it mattered afterwards because i'm like this is great everyone got to see it but after the case even until today every single day not a day goes by that i'm at the courthouse or the jail that the people congratulate us and i'm not just talking people who are inmates and they, and that certainly that they got to watch a lot of the trial uh, but I'm talking about the people who work at the police department, the people who work throughout the country at police departments and prosecutors have called us. And every day, people I've never met at the courthouse who are wearing police uniforms, patting me on the back, thanking us, uh, rooting for Travis. And I said, you know what? This is a really good lesson because not every time, sometimes the bad guys are the good guys and the good guys are the bad guys. So it's good yeah. to see this once in a while. But it brought everyone together, the well, whole clerk's office. That's what uh, you know, Brandy and JT were saying. This was a unifying event. For whatever reason, there were a number of factors at play, but it really unified the community. And it wasn't yeah. just other defendants. It was law enforcement. It was quick, quick story. This was one of yeah. the things that touched my heart so oh, yeah. deeply. It's a good story. Um, after the trial, I, a letter was sent to me. Um, that I won't say who it was from, but it was from somebody I used to work with actually yeah. another prosecutor. It was a, someone that Mark and I worked with when we were prosecutors here in Palm beach County. It was a prosecutor from that office who wrote a handwritten note. She's now retired. Well, I didn't want to say all that, but a prosecutor who enclosed a, a gift card to a restaurant re restaurant for the Rudolph family to go have a nice meal together to try to forget the horror that they went through and how she Aww. was cheering for us and the family and how justice had prevailed. I, I mean, I just thought that was one of the kindest things that I have ever seen. That is. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. I think, and what, what you both are saying, I mean, it's just, this trial ended up being so much more than just a trial. I mean, this was really a statement. I, I think that, um, I, you know, and, and I don't I don't want to be proven wrong, but my, my prediction is that people will be watching this like I'm watching the throwback of Jody areas. People will be watching this years down the road um, just to prove a point, you know, just to show how big this trial ended up being. And, and it really was bigger than I think. I mean, I, certainly bigger than I estimated. That's for sure. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, this morning I was in court. I won't I won't say where, what division, but um, I had a prosecutor come up to me this morning, uh, you know, weeks after the trial and, and was very complimentary and was so thrilled with, with the outcome. Another attorney uh, approached me today, and this is weeks and weeks after the trial. Um, it, it, it is still resonating in our courthouse there, and that I, I've never seen anything like that. And the jail, between the guards and the inmates. I, I was visiting somebody last week at one of the jails, and there must have been a 50 or 75 guys, maybe 100 guys, behind uh, plexiglass. And they're all like, Mark the shock, Mark. I was embarrassed. That <laughs> was, was embarrassing. But not only were they doing it, the guards were doing the same thing. I've Aww. never ever, that's what I'm saying. It's like a Hollywood movie. I've never seen this type of emotion 
from the community. Yeah. And I'll probably never see it again. It was, it was just amazing. And, and I don't think it's all just because it's Travis Rudolph, the ex-NFL. Mm -mm. No, it's, no, no. They saw that he was wronged. Yeah. They saw the ineptitude. They saw yeah. the rush to judgment. They, they, everybody got it. Everybody but, got it. But in the beginning, they didn't. In the beginning, Travis had so many people from Cardinal Newman High School, from Florida State, NFL players. They were on the sidelines. They didn't want to support him because they believed that it's possible what the police are reporting and what the news are reporting. They stood on the sidelines. They weren't against them, but they also weren't in favor. As the trial progressed, more and more people, priests were calling us, emailing us, school teachers, sell, uh, people that were uh, went, went to college with them, and football players and coaches all started coming and realizing, wow, there was a lot more to this story. Yeah, and that's great because you know what? Maybe now people will keep their eyes open and not always believe what they hear and see in the newspaper. Because yeah, we, we know for a fact in politics, not everything's always true. Most things aren't true, probably. Yeah, um, it's, it's a spin. So oh, it's yeah. really good. That's why I applaud you guys again for doing this and, and other podcasts because it's beautiful that people can see for themselves what's going on. I wish the federal courts were open. I wish we could see the Trump trial. Uh, that would be great that people can see that. Yeah. Um, Oh, if only I could live stream the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. If only. <laughs> um, SCP wanted to know um, about Travis's mom. Is she doing better? How's she doing? Yeah, I, I, I think the whole family is um, doing um, considerably better. I mean, it's this nightmare's over. Um, they, they have their, you know, she has her son back. She has faith in the system again. Um, they're, they're doing really well. Every time we speak to them, uh, Travis, you know, says it's a great day. He walks out of the house. He looks up to the sky. He thanks God, and he feels blessed. Aw, I love that. I'm, I'm so happy too because we, you know, it was like a collective. Oh, well, first let me say this before I forget. This was really adorable when you said, "Oh, I have a story." Mark said, "It's a good story," and he didn't. You didn't even know what. You didn't say anything other than "I've got a story," and he already knew that was. That was <laughs> really cute y'all um but uh one of the things that i noticed on stream is that um you know we all were annoyed with you know tyler and dramanique and the, well, the whole mess of them like you know but we also all you know just like fell in love with the rudolphs like you know with daryl and his goat the goat and we were pulling up pictures or videos or whatever you know on the stream one day and he's out at the basketball court, you know, with his goat on a leash and, you know, let us, and just hearing them and the honesty that you can see coming from them when they're telling their story. And the thing about them telling their version of the story is that you can tell that they didn't have to go in chronological order. Like, you know, and, and they yep. weren't like, wait, wait, that's you got to go back. That's not in chronological order because that's exactly. not how I memorized it. You know, you could you could tell that they were so genuine and honest, and um, it was it, we all just like we we all wanted to be like honorary, you know, Rudolph family members. So mm. um, we loved them. But yeah, yeah, you'd want them as your neighbors. I mean, would you yeah. would you want Dominique or Dominique as your neighbor? Would you want Tyler? Would you want? Any of these characters uh, as your neighbors? No, but the Rudolphs will be great neighbors. They're nice yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've had people ask about the civil trial too. I have not pulled any um, uh, any of the 
court documents on that one anytime recently to see if there's been any updates. But do y'all happen to know the um, civil trial, if there's any updates on that? Uh, I don't. Travis was never served. So I, I mean, I don't think he... Out of everybody in that, that, you know, out of the defendants that they listed in that trial, the only one I could even understand them, you know, doing, going forward with would have been, you know, uh, what's his name, driving the car. But, um, right. Tra on. Travis should sue them, but unfortunately, you, you can't get uh, blood from a turnip. So, what, what's the purpose yeah. of suing them right. if you're not going to get anything? Right. Yeah. Because yeah, it yeah. looks like any money that they have that they're flashing in, you know, pictures and all that is uh, not legal and won't be documented. And exactly. Can't get a hold of it in court. I have a good question. Would you represent Dominique if she called you and she was charged with a serious crime? No. <laughs> How about Tyler? No. Why not? They deserve a defense. No, I, I, I can select who I want to represent. And I just could never represent those two. I know that they're innately liars and, and I wouldn't believe, you know, I cannot. I, what if they came in with a million dollars and, and had a, uh, offered you a million dollars to represent them? Well, no, <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I, I could not represent either one of them. Yeah. Oh, they're awful. Yeah. Brandy, did you want me to show this photo you sent? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Uh. Oh, we have to. Uh, yes. They uh, they got their mugs that we sent them uh for Mighty Heidi and Mark <laughs> the Shark. So they put them in the. This is in your conference room. Is it that is. Right? Yes, yes. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. We um we wanted to show everybody because um our chat you know they they came up with those nicknames for y'all. So it was it was. Funny, we were cheering y'all on. It's funny too watching the progression of the trial because in the beginning nobody was quite sure how to take y'all because you know you go into it not knowing where you're at yet, you know. Right. Um, so we're like, oh, let's see what these defense attorneys have to say, you know. And so we were. Right, what are they sure. going to come up with? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was it was awesome watching the progression, and then um, we had um, was it the medical examiner cross examination that we were all like. This is the worst ever because it was just, you know, it's just the technical stuff that just goes on and on. And right. she was not exactly um, uh, charismatic. Um, like her, just her voice and everything is just very flat and dry. So it was, it was, that one was difficult to get through. But other than, but I mean, medical examiner is always difficult to get through um, when we're watching it on a stream. Uh, but I think that was the only time that we were all like ready for a cross-examination to be over. But other than that, we were every single time we were like, yeah, you know, yes. Yeah. You're saying what we wanted to say. So y'all were, we loved that y'all were saying all the things that we wish we could say to them. Well, not all the things we wish we could say to them because right. there were more things. There were, we right. There were many other things we wanted <laughs> to, but the rules of evidence restricted us from doing but so. But we thought the same thing. We, we had them in our minds. We oh, just yeah. didn't say it. Right. Yeah. More so. Um, there's a quick, just a quick one. Uh, did you guys know about the prosecutor and Vanderlyn's friendship? No idea. No idea until afterwards. Yeah. I was scared. I mean, we didn't either. So, uh, <laughs> I was, well, I found it, um, not long, not long before. It was probably like the last week of the trial, but I was scared to post it because I was like, everything had gone so well. And I was like, I'm scared to, cause I'd been, obviously, I, I don't know 
when to shut my mouth. I'll, whatever I'm passionate about, I'm going to tweet it and tag and, you know, and say it on stream and, you know, write it on my forehead or whatever. But, um, but that was one thing I was scared to post until after it was over, because I was like, like, I didn't, I did everything had gone so well in trial and I didn't want to, you know, you don't want to jeopardize anything. Yeah. And, and that was in an abundance of caution. Sure. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, um, had, we had no idea. L Lauren Farmer said, please ask them about Vanderland talking about the anatomy. Talking about the anatomy. Uh, that? Do you remember that? Yeah, when, about the uh, gun in the pocket. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it could be his anatomy. Oh or my you, god! Or you're happy to see me. <laughs> <laughs> it is the or you had just happy to see me moment of oh the trial for sure. Oh my god! It was something else. Jeez. Um. Uh. Let's see. Uh. Heather said. Uh. Uh, how did you feel about the prosecution and, and the way that they behaved in terms of some of the topics that they brought up? Well, some the domestic, of the they domestic abuse was disgusting because uh, yeah. no, no one should be a victim of domestic abuse, man or woman, child, no matter who you are. No one has a right to, to lay a hand on anybody else. Um, so that, that was very offensive, uh, trying mm -hmm. to uh, condone that type of behavior. That was, um, yeah, it was shocking, inappropriate, mm -hmm. um, really very problematic. Um, yeah. Yeah. from two of them not just yeah. one of them yeah not, that yeah. that made it even even worse because it wasn't just like oh it's a slip this, you know right. one slip. it was yeah there was one of them said it twice um the comb over what's his name ricky Clossy. Um, rick Clossy. yes um he said it twice and then um francine said it uh you know once and she it made me so mad that she's using his own words against him in a way that you know it it he said something about, you know, well, you know, I, I deserve to get hit because I was fussing with her or whatever. He said, nobody deserves to get hit. And I understand right. like, you know, he seems like such a kind soul. And he said that, you know, but he, but nobody deserves that. So when she said, so you're admitting you deserve to get hit. I was like, how dare you? Oh my gosh. I was so mad. I just thought yeah. these are, these are now two prosecutors that like you know think of all the people who this is this matters to them because it's local and think about if you know if something happens to them do you think they're you're, gonna feel you're now you're now telling people it's okay to go batter somebody yes. that's that's what they're that was the message yeah. that it yeah it was more than i mean it wasn't a slip up it was a strategy yeah. right it was literally a strategy yeah. and yeah. it was yeah it was yeah i mean we were not in favor of the a lot of things the prosecutors did, but we have no control over that. We only have control over what we do. So we, we try yep. to be above the fray and uh, be above board and, and, and just be straight up with everybody and um, gain the trust of a jurors. And, and, and that's it. And just be honest. And, and, and from the, from the beginning of the trial till the end, and there's no other way to really be, be yourself and uh, don't, don't offend people with, with silly comments and, and try to talk about domestic abuse and, cross-examining the, the the mom mrs rudolph over and over right. and, and torturing her about why you didn't call the police yeah well, yeah you believe her or you don't you know the, the jury will make up their mind you don't have to keep battering this woman over and over who's been yeah. a, a victim of a husband who got tragically shot in the head her son got almost got killed now he's on trial for murder her nephew was tragically killed in a car accident during the pendency of this trial not a nephew her grandson this lady suffered trauma after trauma after trauma. It was a miracle she mm -hmm. was able to even testify. We yeah. didn't know that until a couple of weeks before trial. 
because she she was able, never able to really cognizantly put words together. She would break down and cry and didn't know what she was saying. And then finally, she, God or whatever brought her together. She's a very religious woman, and she had the courage and said, Heidi, Mark, I'm ready. I can do it. And that was only mm -hmm. a week or two before trial started. Yeah, I, I think there were a number yeah. of strategic flaws that, that um, the prosecution made starting with an opening statement by Mr. Clossy. Um, I've never seen an opening statement quite like that. It really did not set out their theory. It didn't, they didn't talk about any of the facts that would come out. Right. He argued the law, which is odd. And it was a bit argumentative, which you're not supposed to do during opening statements. I mean, he did not set out any facts whatsoever. So, um, it, to, to me, that is one of the most important points in a trial where you're, it's your first interaction with the jury. You're, you're setting out the blueprint for what's to come, yeah. and that sticks in the back of their mind. And um, they lost an opportunity there. Yeah. And mine was very long, as we know. I got some criticism for it. But I wanted the jury to have every detail, every bit of evidence. I set it out so that they knew the problems right up front, that these people were characters, that they had lied repeatedly. And I noted that they were taking some notes on some important issues. So I think that the opening set the stage from the defense standpoint um, in, in a pretty effective way, and the prosecution lost that opportunity. The, the other thing that I, I think the, the prosecution uh, lost in their presentation was a good deal of credibility because they never really addressed that their witnesses were downright liars. Yeah. They, in the closing, they never even addressed that. Why didn't yeah. they charge them? They, they, the perjury. Why didn't they charge them with all these crimes they committed? Right. Absolutely Nothing. not. Oh. They never addressed it. Why, why didn't they address the facts in closing? Just like Heidi said in opening, yeah. they didn't address the facts. In closing, all they did was play the tape over and over and play the spot shotter. 39, well, it's actually 38 on the spot shotter. Let's, let, but it sounded like 380 because they kept playing it over and over and over. And that's all they were trying to get the jury to say emotionally, oh, boy, 39 shots, 38 shots, whatever it was. Show these horrible pictures from the from the crime scene. Of the of a dead body and how many times his body was riddled with bullets, but not let's not talk about who all these people are. Right, and that and was I, a mistake. It was a huge mistake, and I think that they lost all credibility with the jury because of that. Yeah, I think Did, that the, his opening statement too was it was interesting because you you mentioned that he didn't go over like facts or paint the story, and I kind of noticed that too. But it, it you know you mentioned him like kind of talking about the law, but that's really all he had because he can't really go over facts because facts don't work in his favor he can't go over the investigation the investigation doesn't work in his favor so the only thing he has going for him is hoping that you know on paper this will push its way through you know yeah no yeah. but he could have admitted that it was a new cop and right. she was not that yeah and what she, what she did what she failed to do but you're right. going to hear why she failed to do that um, you know, these aren't perfect civilians. You're going to hear that they gave multiple versions, but this is why they did that. Nothing. He didn't even yeah. address it. You got to, you have to address your weak points, whatever side yeah, you're on, right. you need to address it. So the jury knows you're up front. Exactly. Yeah. That was great for us because oh, they, I, they I, loved credibility. It. I, I, I was yeah. almost high-fiving them under the table. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Yeah. I, I I would have been high fiving you for the closing too because it was like the Sermon on the Mount with the screaming. Oh. Did, did, Mark, did that scare you as much as it scared us? I got scared. I actually okay. went back in my seat. I got nervous when she when she started screaming. I had my headphones on. I was like, you know, yeah. jumping back. I was like, man, that was loud. I almost fell out my chair and like 
Oh my gosh. I was told I was told by another lawyer that she was rolling on the floor in a different homicide case and the judge had to yell at her to get up. She was on the floor screaming. I've never seen that before. First time ever. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, in, in acting class, they always tell you once you go angry, you can't come back from that and you can't go further. And she just got up there and just boom, just hit as far forward as she could go. And that's where she was stuck the entire time. So, yeah. 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 Uh, she annoyed me. Um, and the the main, but the main <laughs> prosecutor, um, the main prosecutor Ellen, was uh, Adrian Ellis or Francine? Yeah. Um, yes, Adrian Ellis, because she kind of, she kind of backed off. Um, yeah, not... good observation. It was actually her case right. from the start, and <laughs> she's the head supervisor of the whole state attorney's office. She's the number one, other than the elected official Dave Arenberg. She's the head boss there. She she sub she basically subbed herself out. She just checked out. She yeah, she didn't go, and I was like, maybe she sees that you know this ain't going how we thought it would and she doesn't want to be associated with it or you know something Good like that yeah, but yeah. she she definitely distanced herself from it for whatever reason i don't know um but uh, mr Clossy was brought in uh at the tail end again i'm not quite sure why um but yeah there i i really don't have any insight as to those as to those decisions yeah but there was about six or seven prosecutors on this case throughout the last few years. And and most of them were the top prosecutors. Yeah. Wow. It's almost like they intentionally were trying to uh, get the best prosecutors uh, to, to convict this guy. Yeah. They, they had, almost. they had a whole team of about six or seven folks that were in, involved in this uh, case at one, one point or another. And y'all, you just said, I see this and I raise you all this other evidence and there you go. <laughs> yeah, bring on, bring on the whole office, whatever. It is what it is. The jury's going to see the truth, and that's, I, that's why we have jurors. Yeah, you can have 7, 10, 50 people, but if you've got the truth on your side, it doesn't matter how many people top prosecutors are against. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And we felt really comfortable with this jury. We really thought we had a really good panel. We were very happy. It was the best that. we ever had. I would have to agree with that. I mean, you never really know. No, no, but we agree all 12 people we but, wanted. But everyone. usually we run out of strikes. There's always one or two. We're like, ah, eh, you know. But we, mm -hmm. we still had strikes. We didn't even use them all. And we were very happy with this panel. And so was Travis. He was uh, oh. yeah. helping us throughout the whole trial. And, and he agreed all those jurors were who he wanted. Which is yeah. rare. And that guy had faith. From day one, yeah. I met him in the jail. He had faith. He wanted his trial right away. He was disappointed. It kept getting continued because they were hiding evidence to the lead cop and not handing us the things we needed to see that they required. But he believed in the system. He believed in us. And he was so comfortable uh, in his heart of heart. Of course, he was scared to death and nervous, but he truly believed the system was going to work because I explained the law to him. I showed him the jury instructions when I first met him. I said, this is the law in self-defense because the self-defense is very complicated. It's multiple pages. It's not an easy instruction. Most lawyers can't even tell you what it means in Florida with the stand your ground and, and many other things that are contained there. It's very complicated. Uh, but what it comes down to really is this government has to disprove that you were not acting in self-defense. They have yeah. to disprove you on a reasonable doubt you were not acting in self-defense. And once he knew that, and once I explained to him, that's the law. He knew that there's no way 12 people can say he was guilty uh, of this. There's no way they can disprove it. Yeah. So at worst, he knew he was going to get a hung jury. And in his heart of heart, he felt that he was going to be exonerated. Yeah.
Yeah. Oh, um, what other questions you got from your uh, Discord stuff? Um, that's. I think we hit a good chunk of them actually. Um, um do you, <laughs> I asked um, Heidi? I asked Mark when he was on the show before. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Tyler said he's um, you know has a future in law. Uh, would y'all ever hire him? <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> why would you do that why would you do that and don't forget dominique is is also interested in law she's yeah. a google lawyer yeah she's oh. interested in the wrong side of it yeah she's she's also yeah. you know she's going to go to law school yeah, yeah. well hey, you didn't answer the question How, would you consider him would I... <laughs> But that's not even a, a, a serious question. This, uh, no, of course not. <laughs> Objection. Why? Objection. Relevance. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, these are, again, I don't want to be repetitive, but I, I honestly, I mean, again, I've, we've been doing this 30 years. I don't think I have ever seen such a, I don't even know the word, a despicable group of civilian witnesses yeah. ever ever yeah. not just to out there but to walk into a courtroom i mean it was just it was surreal it was just I, I, i've never seen anything like it yeah it's it's like they were everything that you heard of as as examples of bad witnesses in class and you were like this could never happen this could bad never happen witnesses, and boom bad there witnesses it is. bad humans um horrible horrible people people that i would not want my children or anybody in the world to associate with they're they're evil they're they're not kind they, they have yeah. not one redeeming um trait or value they are just absolute bottom feeders there yeah. is nothing redeeming about these people whatsoever not yet maybe maybe they'll change i hopefully. i i i i am a faithful person i believe in giving people second chances that's what i do um that's part of my makeup um, I've hired people who went to prison and brought on a staff. Not me. <laughs> um, I mean, we've hired people who, you know, have had problems with the law. They did their time. We've given them a chance. So we are forgiving people and we believe in redemption and helping people mm -hmm. and giving them a leg up. But these people, there is nothing, nothing redeemable. There is nothing kind. They are just, um, they're the dredge of society. They really are. Yeah. We do have a, a guy that I prosecuted who, who was 13 years old at the time and killed a school teacher. It was one of the first school shootings and probably attracted more attention in Palm Beach County than in the history of Palm Beach County in any other case. And he shot a teacher right between the eyes and was convicted of a second degree murder. And he's getting out of jail in a couple of years. And he's written to me that he wants to be a paralegal for us. Oh, wow. So and, and he and apparently he's a very good paralegal in the jail. Um but I don't think I'm going to be hiring him. No, this is, that's another instance where, uh, you know, he, he says certain things and he put on a, a show uh, for the courts um, uh, while the case was pending. But we heard from guards who took him to the holding cell and transported him every time he was out of the media eye and the, and the judge's eye is that he was violent and threatening. So there, oh. you know, there you go. There's somebody that. But but then again, it could have been a 13 year old child who was scared to death, who wanted to show people in jail that he's a tough guy and not to mess with them. He was a little kid. That that that's a case we could talk about for days. 
It was a very, very interesting experience. And I hope he's, he's, he, there's redemption for him, and I hope he does become a good citizen because he's probably going to be 30, 25, 30, about 38 years old when he gets out in two or three years. And hopefully he has a future. Hopefully he does change his life. Hopefully he does, but it won't be with Perlette and Shiner. Yeah. Maybe with the state attorney's office. There you go. <laughs> um, actually, we've had multiple people uh, wanting y'all in the state's attorney's office. <laughs> we've had uh, that's yeah. that's been a topic in chat multiple times. Um, having mm -hmm. having y'all in state's attorney's office, um, so we can get somebody who you know isn't isn't who we have in state's attorney's office right now. Well, there's an election coming up next year, and the state attorney has announced he's not running. And we've actually uh, we've had discussions about it, but um, look. If y'all do if it, if you need a speechwriter, and if you need a tweeter, <laughs> like you know, we have there were you know thousands of people watching the trial with us every day, and you know, talking, you know, I think every single day was like what, like 15,000 people, you know, watched each video or whatever, it was kind of like the average. This was like one of those where you know, we were all hanging on every word, you know, y'all were saying, and that has been a conversation multiple times in chat so if if y'all decide to do it let me know because i will be just a tweeting and promoting and <laughs> we, we can you need tomorrow we we can switch i mean i i i can try most cases i can defend most cases uh it's not hard to if you're a good lawyer you can see both sides yeah when i'm a prosecutor for many years i look what's the defense lawyer going to do when i'm a defense lawyer what's the prosecutor going to do so you really need lawyers who can do both sides because we know so many prosecutors we go against every day you're yeah. like, how are you a defense lawyer? I could never be one. Those are not good lawyers. And they'll never be good lawyers because all they do is see things through rose glasses and they only see things one way. And they don't see their eyes are not open and their hearts are not open. Um, but I don't I don't think there's anything in the, in the future political careers for us. That's fair. But if you do, I mean, the chat just lit up with run, run, run. And yes. whatever you need, we're here for you. So, we got volunteer you know, campaign council everywhere. Um, uh, you know, everybody's entire, entire chat team. is moving to Florida <laughs> Right? You know, I got to tell you another thing about this trial. We, we are getting emails and texts from lawyers that I didn't even know who was helping me with case law and volunteering uh, their services. And I've never seen that before. And that was such a heartwarming thing uh, from awesome. some of the local lawyers in our community. And, and, and they tried to help. And, and, and I applaud them for doing that. That was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. This, yeah. One, this one really was like you know, everybody was watching and I don't think that my blood pressure has been that high in a long time when I was waiting on the verdict. And, um, you know, and I could, I cried on stream. You can see like in the video where, um, when they did the verdict, like I just, I covered my face and I, I cried and I couldn't even get words out for a minute. Cause I was like, it was just, I'm getting chill bumps thinking about it. It was just such a moment that we were all like, Oh, thank God this family has been through enough. You right. know, and it was just, I think we were all just so relieved to see that, you know, they're going to be able to move on with their life. Yeah. Oh, UK is in too. They're going to, uh, United Kingdom. We have a lot of, we have, um, I think last time I looked like 38 different countries that watch. So wow. we'll have oh, everybody come into Florida to, you know, to uh, yeah, vote for sure. <laughs> to vote and campaign for y'all if y'all decide. To vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, and I do want to say, like, if there's ever, if there ever, ever is a trial coming up that, that 
you all are involved in and you would like more exposure for it, let us know if there's a way that we can petition the court for cameras. Let us know if um, if, if you just want to come on and just talk about it, even if we're not covering it. I mean, we are more than happy. I mean, you're always welcome on. We would love to bring attention to those cases that need it. And you all are on the ground, your boots on the ground. So uh, we we'd love to have you on anytime. Thank you. We appreciate that. No, thank you. And, you know, we do represent people that are guilty. And uh, sometimes we also put the feet to the fire for the police to make sure they follow the rules. Because even if we represent someone as guilty and there's an illegal search and seizure or an illegal stop because the young man is black and uh, he's driving through a white neighborhood and then all of a sudden they find something illegal in his, his car. That, that's so offensive because, yes, you would think or the public would think this guy's a drug dealer. He's carrying firearms. Great. Put him in prison. But that's not right because how many people are getting stopped by these cops who are unfollowing the law that they're harassing, illegally searching, and threatening, who have done absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. And then they go on their merry way, and we never hear about that. There's victim after victim after victim, and once in a while they'll catch somebody who's a criminal, and everyone says, yeah, lock that guy up. But no, you got to make sure we check the police. Because if yeah. we don't, they're going to come in my house and your house and stop me and you, and they're going to harass us uh, because of our race or religion or whether we get a vaccine or not. And, and these things are really dangerous. So we look at the bigger picture. It's hard to say, well, yeah, this guy is a drug dealer. He should be in prison. Not if he was stopped illegally. Not if he was profiled because he was black or Hispanic uh, or, or because he's driving an old car in Palm Beach in a fancy neighborhood where Donald Trump lives. Those things are wrong. And, 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 and that motivates us because we're not just helping that one person. We're helping everybody. And hopefully that other people aren't being threatened or harassed. So th there's a lot more to being a defense lawyer than just helping people who are guilty or not guilty. We're also checking the government and balancing the police to make sure they're not violating our rights because most people don't care. Most people say, yeah, you want to come to my house? Go search it. You yeah. want to check my car? Go ahead and search it. Yeah. But not if you've been harassed every day or every week and, and, and you're a young black man and you can't get to work every day because you're being harassed by the police and being threatened. I mean, it, it, these things are wrong. And, and, and I can tell you just from doing this every day, racism is alive and well in Palm Beach County. Uh, I feel like uh, I'm 61 years old. I feel like we haven't made any gains. Uh, I see the same thing over and over, the same police. Uh, I have a case I'm doing a deposition tomorrow, uh, and it's a drug trafficking case. <clears throat> I pulled out 21 reports from the same officer in the last year. Hopefully he's not watching this, but even if he is, great. So I pulled out 21 reports. 15 of them are exactly like my client, tinted windows, smell of marijuana. And that's, and they're all black males except one. Profiling uh -huh. people. My client tested negative. He wasn't smoking marijuana. I sent him to a lab the next day, and he tested two or three times afterwards and was always negative. And the officer said, well, it was a plume of smoke that came out when he opened the window. It was marijuana he was smoking. That was a lie. And he does this over and over and over. There's probably yeah. hundreds of people who have been stopped by this cop over the last many years and harassed. And then he searches the car. Oh, I smell marijuana. And the windows are too dark. And they had nothing in their car. What effect does it have on them? And yeah. the distrust in the police. So there's a bigger picture here of why we do what we do, not, not just helping people get off cases that they're accused. We need to check the police. We all do. Yeah. And there's plenty of good cops. Well, and these cops give the, the good cops a bad name. 
So, yeah, and that's not right either because we we need police in our community. We need them to help. We do. Us. We're, we're not saying defund the police. We we are uh, you know advocates for um, a, a police state. We need them. We recognize that they're a necessary part of society, but when they start breaking down the rules and don't play fairly, the whole system collapses. Everybody needs to play by the rules. Yeah, we, we, we want the police. I want the best police possible in my community. Yeah. Uh, I, I want them there. If God we, forbid something happens, we, we all want to feel safe. We all want protection. We want help when we need it. Yeah. But you got to play by the rules. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that y'all like, you know, I'm glad that we have defense attorneys like y'all that are, you know, holding people accountable and, you know, fighting the good fight and, you know, helping nosy people like us who, you know, like want to expose everybody, you know, like we, like a lot of the stuff that, you know, even the case that you're talking about that, you know, might be that you're in negotiations with, that might be going to trial, you know, finding that evidence, you know, that they didn't bother even right. looking for, you know, like these are people's lives that are being messed with. And, right, right. Um, you know, so what if this guy didn't have the money to get a good investigator and, and spend thousands of dollars and copying these tapes and, and having someone go through them. Here, he's another one. I mean, he, he spelled, spent upwards of almost, I don't want to say, but you know, almost six figures. Yeah. I mean, almost $200,000 just to, just to save his life yeah. to prove something that he did not do wrong we'll never I, get that by money a woman, back. an attorney who lied under oath. I mean, it is just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. And of course, nothing's going to happen to her. Ugh. Nothing. Oh, that's awful. How does that how how does that oh gosh it's so frustrating it is it, it is yeah y'all need that's, to vote for better officials that's what y'all need to do y'all need to get active in the community and and find out who the prosecutors are and get active uh and, and make sure that the people you elect are doing the job for you the right way that y'all want yeah yeah it's it's easier said than done and um, most people that are running they they are voting they're running on an agenda they they're politicians at the end of the day. They have a community to account to, and everybody wants to be tough on crime. So, I mean, that's, it's difficult. I don't have the, I don't have the answers. I just know that as long as there's people out there like us that are fighting and trying to do the right thing and uh, acting as a, a check on law enforcement, that that's really, I think, the best we can hope for. And there's a lot of good lawyers out there who give the heart and soul every day. And, and nobody likes us unless they need us. <laughs> yeah, I I know defense attorneys get like the you know the raw end of the deal sometimes. Uh, a lot know. of times, every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the exception. Yeah. Yep. Um, I y'all, I appreciate you coming on with us so much. You're very welcome. Our pleasure. Um, Thank please you. Please keep us updated on the cases coming up, and y'all know I got a big mouth on me. So if you know if this does end up going to trial. I am all about, you know, exposing whoever needs to be exposed and, you know, and yap in my mouth as much as I need to, to, you know, draw attention to stuff. So keep us updated on that and let us know how it goes too. We will. Thank you, JT. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Thank guys. you so much. Bye. Thank you all. Good to be with you guys. Anytime you need us, we'll be there. Thank you. Yes. All right. Sounds good. Hope good. you never need us professionally. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> but you never know. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Well, that was awesome. Um, thank you so much to them for hanging out. I am going to go prep myself quickly. Uh, we got Night Court, um, which this video should redirect you to. And uh, we'll be getting started at 845. And uh, we will continue on with the trial of Jody.
Darius um, with another um, defense attorney who I enjoy watching work, uh, Kirk Nurmi. So, um, yeah. So, Brandy, thank you. I was so happy. That was. That's, a- that's- <laughs> It was great. It was an amazing interview. I lo- like it's talking to them. Um, and, you know, it felt like this with um, Mark the first time, too. You know, when he, mm-hmm. we had him on, it just feels like we're just hanging out with our friends. So yep. I love that. Do you have the other awesome. one started already? You want me to you want to do that? And I'll I'll say goodbye to all of our people while you're doing that. Or do you? Have it I have it. I have it public. And so it's going to start at 845. But it will take everybody to that that video. Um, so we're still going to start at 845 because I still need to, I have not, I have yet to see my children. Um, so I'm going to do that and, uh, help out for at least a few minutes. So, okay. yep. All right, everybody. All right, y'all. Thank you so much, um, for hanging out with us and thank you for reporting to jury duty. Take care of yourself, your family, and don't forget to smile. Bye everybody.